Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. I was a pitcher, a relief pitcher, a closer with the New York Mets. I have a new book out called Inside Pitch, Mets Musing. Thank you very much. This, this is, is Len and Jeff, Jeff from Baseball and, and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello everybody and welcome, welcome to another edition of Mets Musings episode number 330. How is everybody out there? Well, it's been a crazy week for me. All kinds of things going on. I'm talk about them in a second and to top it off we get the news the other day that sandy alderson is stepping down as the general manager in charge of baseball operations for the new york mets now you know we have had our issues with sandy can't be denied not going to hide from it, but in this case, uh, let's just hope that uh, he has some health problems. The cancer that he had a few years ago has returned, and uh, nothing but the best. Wish him all the luck in the world in fighting that, and, um, you know, you hate to see uh, somebody leave on that note, but... Um, I guess it had to happen, and, and uh, he took the bullet, took the high road, and decided it was time to leave. It, it didn't sound like he has any intention on coming back. You know, when you get something like that, it's tough, folks. Really, really tough. And uh, we wish him all the best. He uh, gave a very harsh criticism of himself, with uh, especially for this season. He said, we signed uh, five or six free agents over the offseason, and really not one of them has performed up to their expectation, or probably ours either. One, it's a bad result, but at the same time, I think it's a commentary on the process, and I think that that's something that one has to revisit. I wouldn't call those mistakes, but they certainly did not turn out as we had hoped. And this is a results business. And uh, combined with his health and uh, the things that are happening with the Mets this year, Walton explained that an eventual return to his GM role might not happen. With respect to the future, I would say two things, Alderson said. One is, notwithstanding the good prognosis, my health is an uncertainty going forward. And secondly, if I were to look at it on the merits, I'm not sure coming back is warranted. After a follow-up question, Alderson clarified his comments by saying, I think I made it clear that one factor is health, another factor is merit. So what he's 
virtually telling you is that uh, he doesn't deserve to come back. That he didn't do a very good job this year. And that this team is not in the best of shape. And uh, kind of refreshing coming from uh, Mr. Alderson. But again, as I said, even though we've had our differences and uh, talked about it here many, many times, you only can wish the best for him and uh, uh, help and hope that his treatments and he said he'll eventually need surgery all goes well and everything is fine with him down the road and you always hate to see somebody leave on these particular terms uh so uh yeah let, let's uh see how he it turns out for sandy and good luck to him and of course it's going to be a three-way three guys running the organization now so it's gonna be john rico jp richardi and uh, Omar Minaya, who are going to take over the GM duties. They will each have their own duties. And the way it was originally set up anyway, they all had their own duties, and, and then they all conferred, and I guess with Sandy making the ultimate decision. It's not going to change much as far as that. Um, and maybe we'll see some new ideas. They claim that after the season, they will go on a hunt for a new general manager. That remains to be seen. But, um, again, it's very tough. Uh, this cancer stuff is, is, is not good. And, uh, you know, as uh, somebody that lives with a cancer survivor, you, you worry every day about your mortality and think about your mortality. Even if you have a good prognosis, you just never know when that could come back. And, um, you know, I, I, it's a little sad. I, I know, as I said, we've had our big differences with him and, and everything like that, but uh, this is not the time to uh, continue that. Uh, uh, it is a time, though, to question uh, the validity of Mickey Calloway's job. Um, it's clear that Mickey Calloway is way over his head. Another example was last night's game with Familia. He uh, brought in Familia. Familia had nothing, and yet he left him in there. Had nobody warming up, and then he needed to bring in somebody quick. And um, it was a little late by that time. Don't think Swarzak was ready. And it cost him a ball game last night. Uh, I, I, I think um, Mickey's got a big learning curve, and, and this is not the place to learn it. You really should manage in the minor leagues just so you get a feel for the ebb and flow of the game. And again, I go back to the point that he has American League bench coach, American League pitching coach, and nothing, and this is a National League team. So, you know, this, this kind of was doomed 
from the beginning, I think. And he got off to a good start, and we all looked the other way. But the mistakes are glaring at this point in time. I don't see the pitching guru. I just don't see it. I, I don't. He was going to be uh, different using the bullpen. He was going to shake it up, mix it up, and he's not doing that. I mean, he didn't use, I uh, um, uh, can't think of the guy's name now, that young guy, number 51, for, for a while. And then he, he burnt him out in May. And now he's in June, and he's back in the minors. Seawald. The guy? Paul Seawald. Now he's back in the minors. And then he kept using Hansel Robles over and over again, even when he was getting hit all over the ballpark. I don't see the genius there. I don't see the the terrific uh, uh, pitching guru of, of Dave Ireland either. These guys may be very talented coaches in their own right, but together they're pretty awful. And you have to wonder at, at if next season, if the Mets bring in a GM from outside the organization, will he want his own team in? Will he fire this group? Or will he be forced to, to keep them? I, that's all going to be uh, to see. The guys that are in charge, did they want Callaway now? So he could be on thin ice or he could be on thick ice. Right now, it's very difficult to tell with the way the, the system is made up and the way the team is structured now and the front office with Sandy Alderson out of there. But it's going to make for an interesting trade deadline Rico said that they are open for business and they are going to be very active and they're going to take their listen to everybody will they make it to Grom move will they make a Syndergaard move should they if they're going to look for an, an outside GM why would you let these guys structure the future so it's a little bit of a weird situation but we'll have to see how it all shakes out but it's going to be a very interesting July in the the from the aspect of to see what the Mets are going to do how is it going to affect Callaway's job and by the way, Callaway uh, got a little snarky with the press, so maybe the veneer is uh, not as thick as we thought. And if the losing continues, we may see more of this. But that being said, we're going to see what what's going to go go on here. Um, interesting trading deadline to see what they trade, who they trade, what they get back. And how it fits in for the future. And the offseason is going to be interesting to see whether they go outside the organization 
or stay in the organization. All of that to come, and we'll be there to cover it. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll tell you about an interesting evening I spent the other night right after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show. And drop us a line. Leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number, 516-619-6341. Or go to MetsMusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at MetsMusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And we're back. And I just wanted to tell you that the um, other evening we've been talking about this. I don't know if you saw my a short video that I put out on uh, um, Facebook last week um, about Ed Cranepool, that uh, Ed Cranepool is uh, suffering from uh, a kid. He needs a kidney, kidney failure, and uh, he has diabetes. And uh, actually, he had five toes amputated, but uh, he's doing fine now. He's doing okay. He still needs that kidney. So uh, what he's been doing is he's been selling his collection of memorabilia that he has over the year. He's quite the collector, apparently. And uh, so I happened to um, happen to have run into Brett Tapel, who's been on the show numerous times, and uh, he had an appointment to go to Ed's house to uh, view some of this memorabilia with a with uh, an opportunity to purchase. And so uh, he asked me if I would be interested in going, and of course I said, yes, I would. Uh, And so there we were the other night in a private community on uh, Long Island, 
and the in Ed Cranepool's house, the nineteen sixty nine world champion, New York Met first baseman. The uh, played with the sixty two Mets as he was drafted as a bonus baby at the age of seventeen at James Monroe High School in the Bronx. And uh, it was kind of surreal in a way. Um, a lot of fun. He was very personable, very nice guy. Um, sat and talked to us, answered questions. Um, just as nice as could be. And uh, just a shame that uh, he has this illness, but. As he said, he feels good. He he feels very good. He just, of course, um, he needs a kidney. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully he will get one. Now, if, uh, if anybody is interested at all in... Perhaps donating a kidney or anything that has to do with it, you can contact Stony Brook University Hospital and ask for the uh, transplant division. And they will be able to uh, give you the details and uh, hook it all up for you and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, if you're so inclined, um, that is the way to do it. And uh, Ed would be very happy. I've got a picture here. Uh, as I said, he was very kind and took the time to take pictures with us and uh, the whole nine yards. And it's, why is it on an angle? Can't get it straight up. Well, that's what happens when you try to do things on uh, on the fly here when you're on live streaming on the internet, so, um, all right, I'm not having a lot of luck with this here picture, but let's just, you know, look sideways, that's all. Anyway, Ed's 73 now, and, um, again, if anybody's interested at all, if they, uh, feel they could be of any assistance, uh, Contact the Stony Brook University Hospital, the transplant division, tell them what it's for, and, uh, you know, maybe they can uh, guide you in the right direction and, and follow what they tell you. And he had some uh, uh, immense collection of baseball, signed baseballs, autographed pictures. He had a great picture, and, and um, Brett picked it up. It was uh, of Roberto Clemente at first base, and uh, Ed Cranepool was giving him, handing him a baseball. And it turns out that Ed told us in the story about the picture that it was uh, Roberto Clemente's 3,000th hit, and they threw it over to Ed. Ed was handing him a baseball. And the sad part of the story is that that was the, uh, I believe, it was the next to last game of the season. And Clemente did not play in the last game of the season. And then, of course, was killed that New Year's Eve in the plane crash delivering uh, supplies um, 
in a goodwill mission. And uh, just a sad story, but um, a great picture. And uh, Brett, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but it was a great evening. Uh, terrific guy. Really down to earth. Very friendly. Uh, couldn't have been nicer. Um, answered all our questions. Told us some great stories. And... Uh, I did not get an interview, but we're going to try to get him on the show when he's feeling a little bit better. Just wasn't the time and the place and the venue to uh, to interview him and um, didn't want to push it. But uh, uh, hopefully he'll call in one night and we'll get him on the show here and talk to Ed Cranepool uh, about his career and his life and everything else that's going on. So, um, But I had a great time and I just wanted to share that with all of you all right not too much on uh down on the farm as i said it's been kind of a crazy week and and really didn't do a lot uh, of research and and i apologize but um we can i can tell you this about down on the farm And that is Brooklyn Cyclones have started their season. They are two weeks in, just about two weeks, week and a half, into the New York Penn League season. And they are at 9-3 and three as we record this. They're playing tonight against the Vermont Lake Monsters. And they are playing some really good baseball. And um, got some of the draft picks on there couple of kids to look for is uh, Wagner Lagrange he and and um, Jose Miguel Medina I think his name is he's he's doing real well um, Nick Myers who they just drafted this uh, past draft is now with the team and carrying five catches so it's gonna be a little cluttered but uh, you may want to see him I have seen Carlos Sanchez and he looks really good um, got some good pitching, and uh, uh, the one guy struggled. Kyle Wilson has been struggling, but the rest of the pitching staff has been pretty uh, pretty good so far. So uh, keep an eye on the Cyclones, and uh, let's see how far they can go this year. At least there's something to root for around here. And uh, let's see. Jared Kelenic, the first-round draft pick of the New York Mets this year, was in New York, and he said that he has been taken under his wing. Brandon Nimmo has taken him under his wing and uh, has talked to him and worked with him. And they're very similar. They, they both come from a cold-weather area. Uh, Nimmo did not have uh, – Baseball, I don't think, in his high school. So he played American Legion ball, and Jarrett uh, Kellenick played travel ball instead of playing for his high school team. So uh, he's gotten off to a very good start in his pro career by going 8 for 13 with a double, triple stolen base and two runs knocked in over three games for the Gulf Coast League Mets. So um, not a big sample, but, you know, good way to start off your pro career. So maybe the Mets have got something there. We'll, we'll have to see if he keeps progressing. Uh, hopefully we'll see him in Brooklyn. But, you know, if he does real good in the Gulf Coast, 
He'll probably skip Brooklyn and go right to uh, Columbia or St. Lucie. Yeah, probably Columbia would be the better pick, the better choice. But we'll see what happens uh, with Kellenic. Uh Peter Alonzo got off to a slow start in in uh, Vegas, but has started to pick it up. Had, I think he had three homers uh, Saturday night in the game. He's starting to roll. Uh, Jeff McNeil, same thing, got off to a slow start. He's starting to roll. And... Uh, Scouts are starting to notice him, and and uh, one guy in particular uh, seems to think that he could be a major league second baseman. So, um, there may be some diamonds that are coming out of the rough now that the Mets may be able to use in the future for either trades or whatever, but uh, it's a little exciting, a little bit more exciting now. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we'll have to keep a, a closer eye on some of the guys that they did draft um, because they had a pretty good draft, it seemed. Uh, wasn't sure about the, the Kalanick. Uh, not sure about the, the second-round pick, definitely. Kalanick, everybody seemed to like, and so far, uh, like, again, three games, a very, very, very small sample. But, um, you know, if you're going to start, you might as well start hot, right? Start, get off to a good, powerful start, and uh, go from there. It's only it's, the best thing to do is to impress. So he was in town. They they brought him up. Uh, took some batting practice with the team and whatnot. Got interviewed by Steve Gelbs. Hey, how much better can it get for an eighteen year old kid? All right, <laughs> I know it. The best would be to be on Mets Musings, but. We're working on We're working on all kinds of things. So uh, stick with us. A uh, little bit short show this week. It's been a little crazy, a little hectic as uh, just stuff going on. And uh, hopefully next week be a little more our usual uh, great show. Um didn't want to rant and rave with the uh, the news about Sandy Alderson. So, uh, again, um, anything we ever had was not personal. It was business. And uh, wish him all the best of luck and hope he comes through the surgery fine and um, can do whatever he wants to do after that. All right, so now the Mets are going to Miami. They're off tonight. Three of Miami brings us into July. They're off Monday and two in Toronto. You're going to be playing a July the fourth game in Canada. I, okay. I, you know, what are you going to do? Got a lot of days off. Off tonight, off Monday, off next Thursday. And then they come home to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Rays. The Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals. And that'll take us right up to the All-Star break, folks. So, uh, I don't know. It's gonna. It's it's a rough hoe. It, it's tough. Tough, tough, tough coming up for the Metsies. It really is. But we got to hang in there, I guess, right? Because the alternative is, um, I don't know. Root for somebody else, I guess. Oh, before I forget, I got a voicemail. This is going to be totally out of sync now. 
I got a voicemail from Dennis in New Jersey, I think he is. And Dennis sent me two voicemails, and I kind of just put them together into one. But you'll be, he talks about last night's game and uh, talks about the Mets in general and how bad they've been. So let's take a listen uh, to this voicemail. Hi, Gary. This is Dennis. I, I can't say enough bad things about this team. But before I do, let me just say that I've been a Mets fan since the early 60s. I mean, I've watched them in 62 and 63. The first game I went to was 64. But this has to be one of the worst put-together teams I've ever seen. And that makes the Dave Kingman era even look good. Or the Bobby Bonilla era. I mean, this this is pathetic. Uh, uh, Mickey is clueless. I, I really think so. He's probably a nice guy and may actually be a good manager someday. But to throw him into his first job, which he never did the National League, he never was a, you know, anything to do with uh, the National League at all, put him in that with American League pitching coach and American League bench coach, they don't know what's going on. Um, I can't blame him totally. I have to blame Sandy because he's a bigger fool. He puts together this team, which is you know, old and, and can't hit and can't run, and they can't do anything. It, it's pathetic. It, it's it's almost unwatchable. Put it that way. It, it's you know, will, will I still go to games? Yes. Will I still wear my Mets shirt? Yes. I, I mean, I'm not going to be one of these ones that say, oh, you know, we're, we're losing. I'm let's trade everybody. Well, that was the stupidest thing I ever heard. Like trade the Grom and. Uh, Syndergaard, because what the hell? Those are the only guys who got on the team that doing anything good. You know, they're going, well, we could get prospects for them. We get prospects for them. Prospects. Did anybody see what Gary Sanchez was doing before he got hurt? He's batting not even 200. So prospects are nothing. Um, it's professional players that you need out there. But as far as what they're doing out there, it's, <laughs> it's, it is unwatchable. Um, I don't want to take up more time. It's it's just it's you know it's annoying watching them every night and you know listen to all the stuff that goes on there. I mean they even Darling hinted the other day on Sunday that like it looked like the Mets were trying to lose. I mean here's the guys getting paid by them that says that. So if he's thinking that, what the hell the rest of us supposed to do? But anyway. um just let me know if you want me to talk more sometime, and I will give you a whole liturgy of uh, what I really think is going on with them. But, you know, I still root for them, but they got to go. <laughs> Something's got to happen here, and somebody's got to pay the price. Um, I think it's going to have to be Sandy's going to have to go. The Wilpons are never going to sell a team. Why would they? Uh, they're still getting money. I, I hope you're going to talk about last night's game because it was a prime example that. Callaway has no clue on what he's doing. Uh, you leave Familia in to load the bases. Can't you see after the first batter or two he has nothing? He's not fooling anybody, but no. No, Mickey Mouse now, that leaves him in, and of course, look what happened. Wheeler's pitching a great game. Everybody wants to trade Wheeler, the Grom, and Syndergaard, but nobody's saying, like, this dump Familia, which we should have dumped after the 15 World Series after you blew three games. But... I just go on again. I, I mean, I like, I'm trying to like Callaway, but he is clueless. 
clueless isn't the word, I think. I, I don't even know. He's got to go. I mean, I'm sorry about Sandy being, you know, sick, but that might be the best thing for them. But then again, we have Omar, so who knows what that's going to do. Anyway, I'm just going to leave this message and go from there. Thank you and goodbye. And thank you, Dennis, for uh, the two uh, voicemails. Uh, sorry we didn't get to play them earlier. But, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much what we've been talking about and saying uh, I think Mickey could be a nice guy, but I think he's a little bit over his head here. And uh, they didn't really give him the proper uh, backup, if you will, the proper help. They should have brought in somebody from the National League to be his bench coach, to help him out, and and maybe even somebody that had some managerial experience to kind of ease it uh ease him into the job but um it is what it is we're stuck now and uh we'll see what this new triumphant is gonna do or uh if they bring in another new general manager what he's gonna do and again i said it's gonna be an interesting off season but right now as we said uh three games with miami two with toronto and then we'll be back here the next time to uh, talk more baseball with you, Mets baseball. And uh, hopefully they can turn it around, man, really, you know. Uh, until then, hey, look, try to keep the faith. Stay optimistic. It's tough. You got to try to do it. And let's go, Mets.